I'm Mitch Ben, and like Steve McQueen with his baseball, we are still confined to barracks. Welcome back to Confined to Barracks. I say welcome back. It's not like any of us have been anywhere. Um, as I'm sure you know by now, this is the podcast in which I and various delightful people suggest ways we can all stay sane and healthy during these times of plague and siege. I've been having a bit of a weird time of it just recently. As I'm sure you know, my F all song, that's what I'll call it, because I don't want to have to put an explicit sticker on this, went crazy viral about a week and a half ago. Thanks to all those of you who shared that, and a special thanks to those of you who put my name on it when you did. Now, a friend of mine had a similar-ish kind of experience about a year ago. Uh, Not with a video, but with a story she told on Twitter. Here to tell you all about it, and about lots of other things, is my good friend, the comedian and singer, Suze Kempner. Before we kick off, give everybody a brief pricey of the Ayanapa Christina story. Because I've been working with you on and off for years, but you, you had this sort of sudden... Like brush with internet fame. When was it? Was it about a year ago you posted that story? About ten months. It was right at the beginning yeah. of June. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, I could relate to it entirely. Okay, I've never been a, I've never been a Christina Aguilera tribute act, but I've been toiling away at the coalface of the slightly shabbier end of show business for an That's awful it. long time. To the point where pretty much everything you said I could find immediately relatable. <laughs> so, what age were you at the time? I was twenty-two. Yeah, uh, I hadn't been to drama school and I didn't right. have I didn't have an agent who could help me. You know, when you go, well, I, I don't have access to any of this world. So I have to find a way to make this my job. It was my first job and I found it on an awful website that I would never use now, which still emails <laughs> me about once every two months called Star Now. They were looking for tribute acts in Cyprus, all accommodation and flights paid for. Great working environment, sun, sea, sand. So I went to the audition as Shirley Bassey and they went, well, we've got a drag queen who does that already. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, we've already got a man who does that. Um, Could you possibly do Christina Aguilera? And I went, yeah, of course, thinking I don't know, I couldn't have sung one of her songs from start to finish, even though she was at the time a huge act. So I had to learn 30 Christina Aguilera songs in a month. I flew out there and it was uh, it was like a hellscape. <laughs> Ayanapa, I don't know what state Ayanapa's in now, but it's like in 2007, it was, I always say it was vaguely Soviet. That's how it felt out there. Ruthless <laughs> <laughs> uh, concrete everywhere, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was basically gigs in anything from a five-star hotel to an Only Fools and Horses themed singing as christina aguilera but only the brits knew who i was meant to be like she she certainly wasn't big then in france or with the cypriots or with the russians Uh, there'd be times where i'd do an entire 90 minute show in two halves to like i did did it once to a russian couple and the bar staff and none of them knew who i was meant to be (laughs) <laughs> you just thought you'd turn up in a bikini and yellow leather chaps. Yeah, that yeah, was just was your look, yeah. <laughs> That's it. And one of the one of the Russians in this couple sort of said to me, like, so uh, you are famous in your country? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Less <laughs> <laughs> famous than I am here, and I'm currently playing to two Russians who don't know who I am. So. <laughs> yeah, that's how famous I am, yeah. I love yeah. that question again. Well, you're, you're a comedian, yeah. You're famous. Well, evidently <laughs> not, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
you. <laughs> You've got to write this book because the thing is, when, when you posted that story, it seemed to have a sort of weird triggering effect on you, whereby every couple of weeks you'd come out with another yeah. horrendous showbiz anecdote. <laughs> Think it ends there? <laughs> Think again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had a dreadful... There's got to be a sitcom in this or, 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 or a memoir, at least. That's the plan. The The idea is out there. Of all the things I've put out there, it's, I mean, it's obviously brought me the most, um, <laughs> the most quick success. Um, and, and of all the things I've done, it's the last thing I expected to do so. Because when I was, <laughs> oh God, the whole thing, it, it's sort of taken away the PTSD though, which is nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember, I mean, I'm sure folks, if, if, if that, that thread will still be there. I mean, I think yeah, if, 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 if you search Ayanapa X Tina, because that was the way Christina <laughs> yeah. Aguilera was spelling it back then, as I recall. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but with an X. Yes, X Tina. That, that, then the whole increasingly sordid story is still up yeah. there to read. But it genuinely is well. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> On to a lighter topic the impending apocalypse. Ways to survive it. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Suze, what have you what, what what have you brought to our little end of the world party? Well, my first recommendation is a book. It's actually a book. Uh, I'm going to tell you what it's about, okay, um, which will feel like a, uh, a a bit of a turn off. But I want you to know this is the most riveting thing I've ever read. It's a book okay. called Nothing to Envy: Real Lives in North Korea. It's uh, as um, a selection of accounts, it's all written in English, by uh, an American author called Barbara Demick, who's just collected real-life accounts of people who defected from North Korea. And wow. it reads like the most amazing thriller. It's incredible. It's various different characters. There's um, a woman who essentially who didn't tell her family or her um, secret boyfriend that she was leaving North Korea as a teenager and she escaped and just had no idea. She, they, they usually escaped to South Korea or China and her family just had no idea where she'd gone. The secret boyfriend who she'd been obsessed with for 10 years, uh, he didn't know where she'd gone and that was just how it had to be for years. It, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, there's a... Um, a woman who's a doctor who's starving to death and she uh, defects to China across the river. You know that she's giving the account, but you're still there going, well, she's obviously going to drown in the river. That's obviously what's going to happen here. Uh, and then she gets to China um, and the first thing she encounters is a load of, is like a bowl of bread and bits of meat, which she immediately digs into before realising this is for dogs. And she goes, yes. oh, Dogs eat better in China than doctors do in North Korea. Wow. Uh, it, it's amazing. It's the most amazing book. One reads of the levels of sort of privation and just general kind of brainwashing and, and state think in North Korea yeah. to the point where it almost becomes almost bleakly funny. One of the women in it, she she moves to South Korea and you know, years later has built a life for herself there. Uh, and, and she just like revels in getting loads and loads of plastic surgery. And you kind of go, oh, good for you. <laughs> it's the last vestiges of um, the old communist regime. It's crazy. Yeah, except it's evolved because North Korea is now basically a functioning theocracy. They've deified the leadership. Right. One could write, I'm sure people have whole books on 
the way autocracy evolved, it will start off as a kind of a collectivized society and then the hierarchy will emerge and then the hierarchy will become the new aristocracy. And then ultimately, if the authority goes unchallenged for long enough, it eventually becomes theocratic in nature. I mean, yes. For example, the original dictator of North Korea, uh, Kim Il-sung, yes. is still officially the president. Oh, yeah, it's mad, been, isn't it? dead since i think the early 90s but he's still yeah. a fish because he is president eternal it's um, incredible. kim jong-il and kim jong-un are only the general secretary of the communist party they are they are the sort of the placeholder presidents yes presumably until kim il-sung comes you know down from heaven on a beam of sunlight or something Which but, but yeah you seem to believe yeah that sounds like a fairly compelling way what's the book called I again it's called Nothing to Envy. I'm interested in North Korea because I feel like, I mean, it's only sort of existed for, what, it's less than 70 years, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. In our lifetimes, it's probably that something or something or crazy will happen there and it will become more like South Korea. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not the kind of crazy that ends the world in the process. But, no, you know. yes, yeah. <laughs> that is always very possible. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, always on the horizon. But anyway, as we're beginning to discover, the end of the world is a relative concept. What else have you got for us? <laughs> well, if anyone's looking for um, their newest binge watch and oh, they're feeling like they want something that's not too stressful, but also not without edge, I can recommend on Netflix the entirety of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. My favourite sitcom. <laughs> I've never gone into it. I've heard great things about it, but I've yet right. to get into it. So sell it to me. Okay. My recommendation is you start with season two. Basically, right, uh, right. on paper, it's a terrible show. It's uh, four, uh, four awful men and one awful woman running a, an awful bar. Um, it's the most sitcom-y thing of all. They're all completely self-obsessed. They're largely incredibly stupid. They're, like The narcissism is uh, disgusting. It's a weird show because it's quite edgy in that they'll do things where you go, well, you, you definitely can't do that. That's probably racist. That's probably homophobic. Yet <laughs> it's essentially the wokest show on TV because... Right. All, they're constantly being shown up as the worst people you've ever seen in your life. And normally a show where everyone is completely unlikable, you'd go, well, I, I definitely don't want to watch this. That sounds awful. Like they, they have no redeeming features, but it's compelling. It's consistently hilarious. Like they're 14, 15 seasons in now and there's been no quality. But Danny DeVito joined at the beginning of series two. Uh, it was the only way that the show could keep going is if they brought in, in quote marks, a star. Danny DeVito had already written to them saying, I love your show, I'll do anything in it. So they wrote him a character. And That's handy. Like, it's my favourite thing he's ever done. <laughs> he's amazing in it. So yeah, it's a great show. And the character of Dee, who's the main female character on the show, it's my favourite comedy performance on television. Is it one of those shows where it kind of flounders a bit for the first season and only really finds its vibe in season two? Is it yeah, it's, it's it's not what it becomes. It, season one, they are their characters, but it's not weird enough. Season two, it, things suddenly get a little bit off kilter and Danny DeVito's appearance, I think, is what does that. And then it becomes 
like things get madder and madder. They do some really interesting things. They had an episode which was filmed like Birdman all in one take. Right. They've done musical episodes. They've done an episode completely from the inside of uh, Danny DeVito's character's head. So we see his <laughs> point of view for everything. That's great. I shall definitely have to check that out. It's good that it was given a second series. The first series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is kind of all over the place. Right. And it, and it only really hits its stride in season two. One thinks of the things that didn't get a season two, like staying with Joss Whedon Firefly. Yeah. yeah, that's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm definitely going to, you've sold me on it. I'm going to check that out. That's brilliant. What else you got? Let me see. Um, oh, okay. This is another binge, but this is a binge listen. If you are like me, you'll enjoy comedy and true crime. How to mix <laughs> those things together. Last podcast on the left is my favourite podcast. Uh, the last podcast on the left is... Three Americans who are true crime enthusiasts. There's over, I think, over 400 episodes of it. It's all on Spotify, which is, if you don't have the app, it's free to download. Uh, They go very in-depth, very, very well-researched on true crime, obviously. I'm a white woman, so I love serial killers. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's going I, on with that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I keep, I, I've been saying this for a while, but I think... one they, genre of crime in which you truly feel heard. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the psychology of it is that yeah, it makes yeah. us feel safe. Finally, it's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder they kill so many of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting off of the attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But if you if you liked if you'd like a psychological analysis of Ted Bundy, but with a good old <laughs> laugh at what a piece of shit he was, then I yeah. highly recommend last podcast on the left. They did an amazing five part series on Jonestown, which is a great companion nice. to the incredible BBC two part documentary that was out earlier this year. And they just they sort of demystify these people who are painted as monsters by laughing at all the crazy shit they came out with. They do a great deep dive on the absolute tome that was never published, but it is out there, that Dennis Nielsen wrote in prison. And you go, oh, you were a weird, fucked up human, not a magical monster. But he wrote in his book, as I woke up that morning in the arms of a dead man, I thought to myself, this is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's I think Are you it's just getting that Dennis yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh it was it mate <laughs> yeah. shame you couldn't have had that thought process 12 hours ago yeah, yeah absolutely I mean they this do this guy be having breakfast now yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah their minds obviously just work differently to ours believe it or not mm-hmm. <laughs> They do an amazing three-part series on 9-11 and you'd go, well I don't want 9-11 treated with a reverence but I think it's the most respect I've seen paid to 9-11 while giving you a very deep rundown of the events that led up to it, a debunking of the conspiracies around it. I just think they're really brilliant. They have the perfect balance between being extremely funny and having very, very good in-depth research. Last last podcast on the left, yeah? Yes, last podcast on the left. And uh, if you like last podcast on the left, I'm going to be a narcissist, a bit like a serial killer, and plug my own podcast. Please do that kind of podcast. 
part of the idea. Oh, thank you, thank you. I do a podcast with uh, comedians Chris Stokes and Masood Milas. Uh, we usually have a guest as well joining us, where we drink amazing cocktails made by master mixologist Masood. Uh, and Chris brings a real unsolved mystery. Sometimes it's true crime, sometimes it's a missing person, sometimes we deal with UFOs, and we solve it uh, within an hour while getting drunk on Masood's cocktails. <laughs> and uh, I write a song throughout, which I perform at the end. And the fun thing about it is I never remember performing the song. <laughs> so they vary in quality. <laughs> <laughs> but they've all been preserved for posterity, presumably. They're all still out there. They are, yeah. Every song exists, including um, one that I sang for uh, Rachel Fairburn, which I have no memory of the hour leading up to it or right. the two hours that came after it. Apparently, I sat in the road. Anyway, hear what a <laughs> singer who can't play the piano that well at the best of times sounds while singing songs as Kate Bush and... I'm spotting a theme though. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, rather. Sounds like it might have a grim streak. Yes. There is definitely a sort of a grim streak running through all your recommendations so far. It's escaping torture and starvation in North Korea, or it's having a laugh about serial killers, or it's getting drunk and talking about missing people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Good stuff, everyone. Well, the thing is, I deal with. I have to trigger warning this one, aren't I? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Content warning. (laughs) Susie's weird. (laughs) I, I deal with stressful situations by finding the most stressful thing I can find to watched leading up to my 2018 edinburgh show i watched so many documentaries about the nazis because <laughs> it makes you go like oh that's awful and and much worse than um, me having to preview an edinburgh show <laughs> so it's all worked pretty well just for a bit of brutal perspective yeah that's it <laughs> so what's that called again what's your podcast called again it's called mystery on the rocks Mystery on the Rocks, fantastic. We recorded our first remote episode last night, which will be going... Yeah, on. I was going to say, you're going to have to do it all all, all down the line. So, so yeah, presumably, is Masood giving you the... Uh, is he giving, like, the, the cocktail recipes yeah. ahead well, of time? The problem is, problem is we, we're limited in our ingredients because we obviously can't just go down the shops and buy frivolities like big bottles of obscure liqueurs. Absinthe, um, yes. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've just been making our own. Um, Chris made one last night using nut bitters and grapefruit gin, which he described as fucking horrible. So... Is that what it's called? <laughs> fucking, it's a fucking horrible. Yeah, it makes me a fucking horrible. Easy on the horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So that's called Mystery on the Rocks. Mystery on the Rocks, yeah. Mystery on the Rocks. Excellent. That sounds like fun. I should, I should, when the siege is lifted, perhaps I can become a, come and be a guest sometime. Please, please. Yes, absolutely. There seems to be this sort of weird new podcast economy evolving where we're all surviving by turning up on each other's podcasts. Yeah, it is. In the future, that will be all entertainment. Uh, this I like this comedian. Which podcast have they appeared on? <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do yours if you do mine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, finally, I have asked you to suggest us a thing that we can do, an improving thing, a good thing, a healthy thing. Yes. What do you suggest? Well, this is probably the bleakest thing I'm going to suggest. Okay. <laughs> God help us. Been doing, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I've been doing exercise. Ooh. Yeah. I've that, ex- that's a pretty broad church. What form of exercise have you been doing? Well, many forms, actually. My gym uh, has shut down, obviously, and mm-hmm. I'm running 
two exercise classes live on Facebook daily, which you wow. can uh, at your leisure later as well. Uh, and they're pretty good. They're, they're just half an hour, quite high impact aerobics and strength exercises. Uh, I've also been doing yoga yoga classes on zoom run by my friend joe leather who is a trained yoga instructor and they just operate on a donations basis so it's been pretty good i feel like i've never been healthier (laughs) it's very possible i'm of the increasing opinion that this virus was developed by zoom yeah yeah. (laughs) because i I don't know anybody who had zoom a month ago no i've never heard of all the coronavirus yeah yeah i think i think you know we should investigate zoom's labs (laughs) That's it. It's the best advertising campaign since De, De Vere's Diamonds decided to buy all the diamonds mines and make diamonds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's the best launch ever. Was remember when Uber launched in London and all the black cabs went on strike in protest? Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if uh, somebody in the black cab union was on kickbacks yeah. because that was the single greatest launch that Uber could possibly have had in London. There are no cabs today. What are we going to do? Oh, Uber, you say? Sounds interesting. Yeah. Tell me more. Cheaper, <laughs> isn't it? Great. <laughs> yeah. That's the other, you know, the other thing is, this is all suspiciously well-timed to coincide with the launch of Disney Plus in Europe. Oh, <laughs> yeah, isn't it just? Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I've, I've sort of rediscovered The Simpsons. Um, I hadn't forgotten it existed, but you, I'm re-watching it on Disney Plus and you go, wow, this show is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is good. I haven't got Disney Plus yet. I'm wondering whether... Right. I mean, the, the, the only thing I want it for is The Mandalorian. Um, uh, that is literally yeah, yeah. the only thing I give the rat's ass for. That's yeah. all. I mean, you know, the Disney movies, I've all seen. I've seen them all. I've got most of them in DVD. Yeah. The Star Wars movies, I've seen them all. Even the crap ones, you know. Yes. Um, the Marvel movies, I've seen them all, except yeah. for two, which everybody says not to bother with. Right. Uh, you know? <laughs> um, but but literally, it's it's like, you know, the, the, the one thing, which it's, it's like when um, Sky Atlantic started and the only reason to get it was Game of Thrones. Yes, of course. Yeah. Thinking, you know, I think, can you really launch an entire channel on the back of one show? But they did, and it works. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if it works as well now, but yeah, they did, didn't they? That's crazy. Game of Thrones was famously the single most pirated show on, on, on TV. For a long time, there was actually no immediately easy way of watching it legally unless you took out like a subscription for an yeah. entire channel package that you didn't want to see anything else on. So they so, um, a bit late with it. Exactly. The only thing that tempts me about Disney is the Mandalorian. And I'm thinking, really, you're going to spend like six quid a month to see like one episode of a TV? Anyway, but I'm, I, I may or may not yet succumb. It depends how long the siege goes on, I think. Yeah, well, uh, um, it, who knows? It could be the government are like, hey, it could be three weeks, could be six months. Who know? We don't know. Like, thank you, guys. That's great. Yeah, well, at least they're being honest about it. The thing which is kind of, uh, I find increasingly hilarious, are all these right-wing American commentators demanding to know when this will be over. <laughs> I think it was Cohn, the guy who used to be the head of Goldman Sachs, who said, you know, Americans need a hard date now for when the economy will start again. And oh. somebody, I know not who, but it's brilliant, answered him, said, I'll get my people to talk to the viruses people and we'll uh, yeah, sit yeah. down and crunch a few dates and see if we can get <laughs> It's the surreal levels of entitlement, you know. It's just yeah. You've never been in a situation you couldn't bully or buy your way out of before, and you just don't yeah. know what to do, do you? Well, this is one of the things that I've found um, strangely uplifting about coronavirus: is it does not <laughs> discriminate. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a great leveler in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder what lessons will be learned following coronavirus. 
I'd like to think lots. I strongly yeah. suspect none. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yes, I just... think it's going to actually, no, I mean, here's the thing. I think it's going to be down to sort of how we collectively come out of this as. Yes. Well, at the risk of using a really big word, as a culture, how we come out yes. of this. You know, I mean, I, I think there is potential there for this to be kind of transformative. And there's also potential for it just to be a sort of a blip that we, um, you know, move on from and pay no mind to. But yeah. I certainly one of the things I've, I wrote about this in, in, in the newspaper, I think one of the things it's definitely doing is it's forcing us to confront our notions about who is or isn't an essential worker. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have never been so pleased to see anybody as when the bin men turned up last week. I know. Yeah. Ours are still coming on Mondays. And you yeah. do go, thank God, because I've got a lot of boxes of stuff that I've ordered and it's piling <laughs> up in the corner, all that cardboard. <laughs> well, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is because, I mean, I hadn't had any word as to whether the binnies were going to be coming out as usual. I think, well, of course they are, because next yeah. thing you know, you've got bin bags all over the pavement, then you've got rats, and then we all get cholera, you know. Yeah. Oh, good cholera. <laughs> oh no look i've got bubonic plague <laughs> yes yes i'm not really in the mood for disease nostalgia you know no, i can, no, I can yeah. be nostalgic about most things but not diseases <laughs> we'll find a way this will be us in in, like, in 30 years we will be going oh remember <laughs> remember <laughs> yeah we'll be there saying that in our gas masks on i heart the 20s <laughs> 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 do you, do you um, find I mean this is quite a bleak activity I've done but I've been doing like coronavirus movie club where I've been watching films about pandemics which did mean watching Outbreak twice in a day which I could do without uh, but <laughs> we well, watched that's happening every time I fire up because I haven't got Disney Plus but I've got Netflix and I've got yeah. Sky Movies and every time I turn it up it's just like you know, you know, it's just a selective view. Contagion. What? Yeah, yeah. You know, 28 days later. And it's just like, what the hell is up with us? It's just like, you know, no, no. The time to watch 28 days later is not when it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first one I watched was Contagion, which is um, a weird mix of uh, panic inducing you know it's a, if, if you're having anxiety about coronavirus and catching it don't watch contagion but it's right. also a fascinating look at what's sort of going on be behind the scenes um and they have an incredible shot of streets piled up with rubbish and it's only been about a month so yeah, yeah it was, it's uh, it's an amazing film fantastic screenplay yeah so much to look forward to <laughs> yeah sirs you have yeah. been wonderful thank, thank you very you. much for all these recommendations Thank you. Um, have a happy lockdown. I'm doing okay so far. But Good. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I've known that I shall see you back at the uh, back at the coal face of comedy. That's it. People the will be, bells ring again. Yes, people will be clamouring for it. <laughs> yeah, will, will they? <laughs> <laughs> I think they will. I think people are just they're going. Oh, the only thing that's keeping me going is when Mitch and Sue's are back on that stage <laughs> uh, it'd be nice to be clamoured for I don't think I've ever been clamoured for I, I don't could, think I've ever I, I, I could just go a bit of clamouring right now <laughs> I think I'm going to go and eat some of last night's leftover Chinese food because uh, <laughs> we're trying to support local businesses by ordering Chinese takeaway <laughs> yes that's why <laughs> 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 no, because you just bought a whole bunch of raw ingredients and this and you realise, wait a minute, nobody's yeah. known how to cook for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I, I'm uh, I'm supporting the Lee Garden nearby. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. Cheers, Mitch. Thank you. Bye-bye. Suze Kempner there, folks, and I can relate to that Christina Aguilera story on levels that are kind of hard to explain. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for continuing to support independent creators during these difficult times. And with that in mind, if you are in a position to do so, please do visit patreon.com slash mitchben and find out how you can help me do this and all the other stupid things I do for as little as one US dollar a month. And also gain access to all kinds of patron-only bonus content. We did a a live stream gig just for the patrons last week that went really rather well. And as I said before, there are other ways you can support me and other independent creators without spending any money. Hit the subscribe button for this podcast. That helps me. Hit the subscribe button on my YouTube channel. That helps me too. And if I or anybody else you like, we do something fun on Twitter or Facebook. Don't just like it. Share it and retweet it. And put my name on it. Uh, the F all song went absolutely crazy and hardly anybody knows it's me. Let's uh, ask Elvis all over again. Okay, I'm going to have another one of these ready for you in a few days' time. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.